So then you look at that and you're like, wow, I really like jewel tones. Or my jewelry is a lot of small triangles. Whatever it is. <laughs> you, and if you can hear a recurring theme, it's compile your resources. Observe. No judgment. It does not matter because the last step is accept. Who cares? Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hey, Startup Marketing listeners. Welcome to today's episode featuring Jenny Ambrose. Jenny Ambrose is an award-winning designer running an award-winning design science and strategy company, Puree Fantastico. Having worked with large Fortune 500 brands like Old Navy, HSN, Pop Sugar, L, American Greetings, Alaskan Airlines, 3M, Charles Schwab's, Walgreens, Reuters, and thousands more across the last 14 years, Jenny understands the vast needs across the widest number of moving parts. And as for results... She's taken large Fortune 500 businesses from $5 million to $500 million in revenue, boosted an art school's attendance from 33% to 77%, and increased her small business clients' inquiries from 2 times to 15 times. Part scientist, part artist, all powerhouse, Jenny knows how to sync with her clients' deepest voice and concerns and communicate the solutions as if they'd always been present, because they are. She is currently launching a 12-year-strong personal research project, an interactive platform exploring critical thinking, design, messaging, and emotional intelligence using film as a lens. It's a blend of anthropology, design, philosophy, geometry, and filmmaking, and there's never been anything like it before. She is also an adjunct facility member at her alma mater, Ringling College of Art and Design, teaching budding artistic geniuses design and typography, emotional cultivation, self-esteem, and the much-needed inner knowledge. Whether it's creating direction, whether it's creative direction, design, illustration, copywriting, strategic building, content creation, or thorough research and analysis, it can be trusted that Jenny can handle it with grace, tireless expertise, and unstoppable enthusiasm. When I saw Jenny's website and her tagline, ready to take your business from mundane to mundane, I knew I was in for a treat. So let's dive in. Hi, Jenny, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you. Hi, I'm excited to be here. 
Yes. Thank you so much. I think we're going to have a ton of fun today. So tell us a little bit about what you do. What's your background? Yeah. Um, I am a designer, an artist, a, I would say a personal anthropologist and someone who is endlessly creative and relentlessly curious. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And you studied anthropology, yes. correct? Yes. And so then you also, did you also study Graphic design? design? I feel like I read that as yeah. well when I was kind of like snooping around on your website the other day. Curious. Yeah. Like, I love to learn. As a kid, the only things I wanted were like art supplies and different, like, like I got an easel and I had a little pottery wheel and I had a loom and I had all the markers and the crayons. Yeah. And I also wanted every single language on tape that I could oh. have. Every single That's language. cool. That's cool. Yeah. I my um my son is a huge learner. Hearing your art supplies thing, he is like huge on art supplies. We have an excessive collection of cardboard in our basement. <laughs> like, but he loves it and he like he got six rolls of tape for Christmas and they're gone. Yeah. They're all gone. And he moved on to like the three rolls that I had. And he is super big. He loves to watch the um this channel on YouTube called um, how it's made because he loves, he thinks it's the most fascinating thing. And we've learned so many random, I've seen how frozen pizzas are made. I know how airplanes are made, um, how curtains are made, how blinds are made. Like just, he loves it. He is such a learner. And the thing too. is like, while it may seem frivolous or useless to have this information, I truly live my life that every single thing you learn improves every single thing you are doing yeah. or want to do. Totally. Um, and I learned that while in design school with my background in anthropology and my background uh, in mass competitions, everyone, um, I would use PEMDAS. Like seventh, I mean, I'm sure it's not seventh grade algebra now, but <laughs> when I was in seventh grade, it was, you know, parentheses, exponents, multiple, that, that whole yep, breakdown. Yep. I used that to make a poster about Magnolia and the relationships oh, cool. of the people in that movie. To me, this made all the sense, but to no mm -hmm. one, you know, no one else was like, how did she get <laughs> um, so it always helps to learn stuff yeah yeah he he loves it and I think it's so it's it's gonna be so fun so when you said anthropology because he's always he had this like little um mental and I promise people listening I'll get to actual like marketing stuff here but <laughs> He had this like little meltdown a couple weeks ago because he didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. And I was like, oh, buddy, you're you're only like just barely seven years old. Like you have so much time. But he's like, soon I'm going to be 12 and then I'm going to be 16 and I have to drive and then I have to move out for college and I have to know what to do. And I was like, but you have you have lots of time. I was like, you have you have at least 11 years. I was like, and look, me and your dad just both got new jobs. Like it's, and I tried to like calm him down. And so we are trying to think of things that he could be. So an anthropologist is going to be on my list. Engineer. And an engineer. engineer sure. Yes. Um, an engineer is also one. Um, he is a tinkerer. A yes. Designer. I am hopeful. I'm hopeful that he like 
find some little intersection of his like love of learning and tinkering. We get kits all the time from family members and he never uses them as they should be. He builds it once and then like he's like, I'm gonna use these pieces to build other things. And but he also has this like amazing knack for advertising, which I don't know if it's just like the impression impressionable mind of a little kid, but he remembers slogans and like logos so well. My friend, he might be a designer. (laughs) No, I know. He might be a designer because- That's what I'm hoping. I, when you were saying, you know, the anxiety of him not knowing what he wants to do at seven, I heard myself- yeah, I'm... I heard myself because I <laughs> I was 22 crying to my friend in art school being like, I'm 22 and I'm going to be 25 and then I'm going to be 50 and then I'm going to be dead. Like I just had such a meltdown um, and now I'm 37 and it's like I'm equally from 50 than I was to 25 and it's sure. like you're not dead shut up 22 year old Jetty right um, right but that's the beautiful thing about being a designer is you have to have all of these different facets so you're talking about mm-hmm. you actually mm-hmm. have to care about how things are made you have to break them down and build them back up um, there is a curiosity, there is a hunger, there is this strange anxiety um, because design is everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Design totally. is everywhere and everything. And when it's done well, it is mm-hmm. invisible. When yeah. it's done poorly, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. I um, Designers are some of my favorite people because just it is such a craft and to be able to do it so well, it's just like the most beautiful, beautiful thing to witness. And I was really privileged at my corporate job. The very end, I had um, such a great designer on my staff who really, truly kind of understood the process of breaking things down and rebuilding them back up. And I learned so much. I mean, like, I managed him and every day I was like, I'm learning something from you because it's just, and he was also, oh, he was also a builder. Actually, now that I think about it, he was a tinkerer and, uh, oh, okay. Because you have to, I call it noodling. Yes. Um, Yes. Because you have to get in there and it is pixel. Like, is it this? Is it Mm -hmm. this? Is it this Mm -hmm. font? Is it that font? Is it this navy blue? I mean, it's so subtle. Yes, I will open my file and be like, what was I even exploring? Because it all looks the same. So then when I send it to a client, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. And I Mm -hmm. have to compensate for that because it is like when you go to Home Depot and you look at the paint swatches and you're looking at two different brands of eggshell white and the ability to tell the difference about like Mm -hmm. this one has a little bit more yellow. That one has a little bit more blue. You Mm -hmm. can tell. Yes. Yes, totally. And I see um, the your your comment about like when bad design is is bad, <laughs> you know. And I see it. I see it a lot. There's so many. Before I started my business, I was a way long time ago. I was like, oh, it'd be really nice if I could like find a designer that 
like we could have something together because I see so much design opportunity when it comes to creating your brand for your small business. And some a lot of times I feel like small business owners especially go in thinking like, okay, I just, I need to get a logo done. I just need a logo. And then like, maybe I'll pick out some colors to put on my website. Oh, and like- painful conversation already. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm always like, I'm like, wait, no. Can we please talk through and think through like the strategy behind your design and like what does it need to say about you and how does it need to function? What is the experience of your website going to be like? Because those are things that like the sum of them start to build your brand, right? Like your design is like your first impression. It's like how you look when you show up, you know, and all of the strategy and the thoughtfulness behind it is sort of like the personality that of a person. Like, so you have to have all of these different things in place. And I just, I see it so often and I'm like, oh, I just, I just want to let you know there's a better way to do this. And I have yet to find that way. I'm a very <laughs> extroverted person and I have yet to find the way to be like, listen, your stuff stinks. Mm -hmm. Let me help you make that better because they either know it stinks and are insecure about it and feel like very defensive about that lack of knowledge. And so then they're going to not be interested in what you have to say or totally. they like it mm -hmm. and you just came mm -hmm. off as a jerk. And so yeah. <laughs> I know. My husband was like, you should just make business cards. It's like, hate your, or like little sticky notes that you yep. could like put on people's yep. like cars or something when you see their like logos and you're like, oh, that but could be so much better. And I really I'm, like it. Sometimes. I was, yes. And then you're like, I, I'm exiting this conversation. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I totally meant it was awesome. <laughs> but you know, like you said, with um, the personality, uh, when you start building a brand and when you start thinking about a brand in that way, because that's how I approach it and think yeah. about it, you don't think about cultivating your personality um, because it's something that we naturally grow and build and are influenced by yeah. growing and existing. So when it comes to having a business, there's this weird existential crisis Yeah, because you have to think about cultivating a personality that is true to you and that authentic feeling and that authentic experience, but it's also mm -hmm. very curated. Mm -hmm. totally. <laughs> and so it's like totally interesting balance. Um, how do you, how do you walk people through that? Because I think that's, I think that's one of the hardest things to do okay. is to kind of so think through and maybe I th okay, I take that back. I think it's easy to walk other people through it. I'll tell you, I'm having like a little bit of a brand identity crisis for you, for myself, because because and this is like this is not unusual. I love I love design in every aspect, right? Like, okay, you can't tell from my clothes today because I'm just wearing like <laughs> sweatpants and a sweatshirt. But like when I'm like I when I had to go to a corporate office, like I loved curating my outfits and like, you know, kind of creating this like style and, and everything. And I, I put so much time and energy cause I let, it was just fun. And I also like to shop. So, I mean, that didn't hurt either, but like interior design, I, I am super, I love everything because to me, it's all, 
all really great design shares the same great things like we were talking about earlier, where when it's done well, Mm -hmm. it just feels so natural. And like, so I appreciate it in all places. Then I start trying to build my own brand and I am like, but I want to do this and I want to do this. And like reining myself in is so, so much harder than like reining a client in and being like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but we can't do all those things. But see, can- this is where you become, okay, this is strange, but it's true. And this is how, because I don't have problems designing for myself because I treat myself like a client. Like you do? Oh, God, yeah. I just rebranded over the summer um, because- Which it's so fun, by the way. Thank you. Like I got, when I went to your website, I was like, oh, this is so fun. Because for me, it's very important to have an emotional resonance. Mm-hmm. This is how I start. Whatever that looks like, whatever those colors are, whatever those pieces are, that's a later conversation. Mm-hmm. First, it's what do I want people to feel? How do I want them to feel around me? How do I want them to feel around my work? Mm. Then it becomes, what could that look like? Sure. You know, what does that look like? And it becomes like a supermarket sweep in interest of ideas. Then I give it like, I would say a day to five days to disconnect from the excitement. Yeah. Oh, that's a, it's true. Like you, it's an important part. Yeah. A break. Um, Because when you walk away from something that is juicy and fun and you're like, okay, I'm going to choose to do something else. When you revisit, it is that same juicy fun. Mm -hmm. You have hit pause in the middle of a song and then you can go back and hit play and continue on the song. Totally. um, Then I organize and I look at what are the commonalities is it like a color palette or is it a texture? Is it a mood? Is it what, what are they? Yeah. What's happening? And then I'm like, all right, so this is clearly my typography. This is clearly, you know, the stylistic choices or the colors that I want or the different things. And then I play Mm. because I've set my grounding. I've set my framework. I know what I'm going to do. I know what that sort of looks like. And I know the feeling that I'm after. Right, right. And that's how I do it with my clients. It is feeling-based because if it feels that way to you, you will have that feeling as you talk about your business, as you share your Mm -hmm. business, as you go about your day, it will be a completely different experience. And then people buy it because that's what it is for you. That's the truth. Yeah. And you set that tone. Totally. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I I also start... So, I mean, my business is called Authentic Branding and Marketing. Yep. And and I think what happens is I get kind of like hung up in um, – and okay, so I'll take you through like initially. So I, I, I named it and I was like, yes, I love this. I start with like the feeling – like I love going down the feeling road as well. That's That is also part of the process that I go through. And – I was like, okay, I know how I want people to feel. And I feel like I sort of went, okay, this feels like the visual visual representation of um, how, you know, like 
very calm, collected, organized. Like that's how I like to, that's how I like to work. That's how I, I like to kind of bring that to my clients. So I created that aesthetic, but also like now I'm like, I kind of want some more like brighter colors a little bit. Like I want to kind of liven it up. And this is okay because when you are branding yourself, there's what I call like stretching your legs in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you set a brand, but you're going to grow, you're going to change, you're going to see new things. How can you still maintain brand consistency while exploring those brighter colors? Right, you know? right. And luckily, you have the opportunity of social media. Yes. I take each platform as a way to explore different aspects of my brand that are still related. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But that's smart. I, you know who taught me that? Wendy's. Wendy's taught me <laughs> that. Um, their commercials are so friendly and accessible, but on Twitter, they are so oh, savage. They are savage. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That's a really good point because you can have like the sitting room version Mm. of your brand where you're like totally hello new client i do not know yet and then you've got the backyard barbecue part of your brand where you're like what's up like it's (laughs) (laughs) it exists in people yeah totally totally it exists in people we can cultivate that attribute in branding right so maybe facebook is more friendly and bright and colorful and then you can begin to incorporate it into your website Right. If it looks good if it feels right. I mean, yeah. you can sort of backward engineer this. There's no like. Yeah. And that's kind of what I thought. I was like, okay, what is it like I, as I'm kind of putting things together, I was like, well, where do I get, where do I get hung up? And I was like, okay, it kind of is this like these two colors that I picked that I'm like, oh, I just kind of wish they were like a little bit more than what they are, like just a little bit brighter, a little more livelier. Like one of them is a yellow. And right now it's kind of like, it's like a mustard yellow. And I was like, oh, I kind of wish it was like a little bit more fun. And I was like, I could, I, nobody is stopping me. I could just make that a brighter hue (laughs) and like go for it and it'll be fine. So, okay. So I'm thinking about like these colors and I realized that it was really, like you said, it is kind of an evolution process. And sometimes, and I was like this when it came to like our corporate brand standards, I was like, these are the standards and you follow them. (laughs) You don't, you don't make changes, HR people. Well, here, that's the truth because it is a corporate environment where multiple hands are being shoved into the box and... They are, if they don't have the standards, they'll choose whatever color they think is fine because they do not know. You and I are not in this situation. (laughs) And so it's okay to have like, like you said, a mustard yellow tweak to maybe like a buttercup or it's still yellow. Yeah. You know, and if that feels better, you will maintain the buttercup yellow for longer then you will if you forced yourself to stay with the mustard. If you yeah. force yourself to stay with the mustard, there's like this reactionary, like, well, now it's got to be electric purple. Like, it's just this intense, <laughs> you know? And totally. if you just move with it, then you create that consistency. And trust me, no one is going to notice 
Except you. Except you. <laughs> and no one's staring at your thing being like, she changed it. It's different. Like, that's not the way people operate. So right. So if you're changing it every week, maybe you want to make that part of your brand thing. That's a different story. <laughs> right. No, you can. Like, and that's, I'm working with someone who randomness, surrealism, subversion is part of her brand. Oh, so the fact that makes sense. It, it, it has to change. There has to be, you know, random means random. So let's make it random. And that's just the, but it's not everybody. You know, right. it's not the therapist I'm working on. Um, but yeah, it's a super fun. How, topic. how interesting. So then how do you, because part of like creating a brand is usually so you can create that like recognition. Mm-hmm. So then when someone's being random. But think about this. You have movie directors, right? David Lynch. Mm -hmm. David Lynch is known for his movies that may or may not make sense depending on who you talk to. This is completely different from like um, the the woman who did Greta Gerwig, Gerwig, the woman who directed Little Women. Different directors one style is very real, very pretty, very stylized. The other director is very gritty, very uh, ambiguous, potentially confusing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they have established their brand because that's the style they always create in. That's if, true. If your voice is consistent. I was just going to say, it's the consistency yep. then. And yeah. so if, if it needs to be random, it needs to be consistently random. Mm-hmm. And as long as she maintains that vibration, no problem. No mm-hmm. problem at all. I I like that. I like that. So when – if I'm a small business owner and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I clearly need to create a brand. It's not enough to just like have a logo. It's not enough to just throw a website together and like hope for the best. Where where do I start to kind of like cultivate that after after I get the feelings? Mm-hmm. Like where do I go? How do I start this process? Well, I would also say that if you are starting out, it is okay to just have a logo and a slap together website because you run That's right. You do need to start. You do need to start. And even me um, sometimes I'll be like, you know what? This may not be the best name for what I need. I don't care. I'm going to throw it together and put it up because something is better than nothing. And I will hold myself back because of perfectionism. Totally. And I totally. have not moved on stuff. And so now I'm in a place where it's like, F it, who cares? And just <laughs> put it out there. Um, so yes, even when you're in business since 2008, you can still have these moments. Yeah. That being said... Um, If you're dealing with how to have a brand voice and like communicate as your brand, you'll want to look at how you talk to people on social media. Mm. No, like, okay, yes, your best friend and your mom are going to have different conversations, but strangers on the internet that you're trying to be friendly with or comment that you like their shirt or, you know, just innocuous moments. What are the words there? Right. What are the what are the phrases there? What's the tone there? Are you an exclamation person? Are you an emoji person? Does not matter. Does not matter. What you're looking at 
It's how you naturally speak to people when you are in a place of warm professionalism. That's when I open up a Google Doc good. Yeah. and start copying and pasting the stuff I say. Because this way I can see I use the word amazing a ton. I use the word definitely like too much. But these are words that begin to help my copywriting. These are the words and the phrases that help me communicate the tone that I want. Um, visuals. I've made clients take photos of their closet and their home. Because how you yeah. style your home, you're not yeah. caring about trends or being judged. I mean, like sometimes people are. But mostly you pick something instinctually that's like, ooh, yay, that goes on me. Like it's not a, a an overthought decision. Right. It feels good and it you roll with good. it. And then there's that impulse of like, yay, great. So then you look at that and you're like, wow, I really like jewel tones. Or My jewelry is a lot of small triangles, whatever it is. <laughs> you and if you can hear a recurring theme, it's compile your resources. Yeah. Observe. No judgment. It does not matter because the last step is accept. Who cares? Like <laughs> you like. Yeah. And you will enjoy what you see. You will enjoy putting stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Even if, or especially if it doesn't look like what other people are doing, it's so much more important that you like it. So much more. Yeah. I, uh, I was talking to, I interviewed, um, a gal, her name is Angie Coley and she is a copywriter and she's written for some really, really big names. And we were kind of having a similar conversation and it's like about, about writing and the messages. Like how do you, how do you sound authentic when it comes to your brand? And she, she was very much the same, like just start like open up a document and even just like speak like and have it create your document as you speak because then you will start to see it, like you'll start to see the words sound like the way that you sound yep. and and I shared this experience with her too and I was like I got to a point one day where I was just like I didn't send out an email or it was late or something I don't remember and I was like, I don't have time to overthink this. This was probably what was happening. I was probably holding my daughter. And I probably had like my two other kids were, I think they were coming home from school. And so I was like, mom, I need a snack. Mom, he won't let me watch my little pony. And I was like, I don't have time. I was just like, this is a day late and everybody is screaming. So here you go. And I just sort of like stream of consciousness. It and I was like, whatever, I don't even have time. I might not have even edited it. I might have just hit send. And you know what? It sounded, it felt so much better to me because I always had dreaded typing up my emails. And I was like, this can't be awesome. If I dread typing them, nobody is going to be excited to yeah. read them. Yeah. And when I when I sent it out, I was like, oh, that just feels so much better. And so then that was the approach that I started taking with my social media. And I was just like, I don't have time to overthink this. And it's not fun. It's not fun to overthink it either because that, I think, takes you kind of out of that authentic space and puts you into that like. Well, it's sort of like the creator and the editor at the in the same stroke. 
Mm-hmm. And then you don't get anywhere because there's two stages to that. There's the creation and the free form and that this is how it is. I'm just going to get it out. And then there is or is not the editing. Yeah. You know, the revision. And that's okay. As, as soon as I realized that there were multiple stages in the different projects, the happier I became when I worked mm-hmm. on my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I haven't – I think I probably knew that subconsciously because I would find myself and, – and this is how I behaved in a corporate environment too, right? Which is like, hey, let's take this design and like here's my initial thoughts about it. But then I'm going to like walk away for mm-hmm. a period of time and come back to it. And I was I was doing that in my own stuff but probably not like as consciously as I could because I always feel like – it always goes one of two ways. Like I've got kind of my gut instinct and if I like it immediately and I'm like, there's nothing I would change, generally I stick with that. But if there's something where I'm like, okay, I always have better thoughts coming back to it where it's like, oh, here's now that inspiration just has time to like percolate in the back of my head and then kind of come out in that like next round, that editing, editing phase. Um, so then how does how does all of this authenticity that you're creating in your in your brand when it comes to the design, when it comes to your personality and your voice, how does it translate into the other aspects of your business? Or does it? I mean, everything. I mean, everything sort of feeds and grows, especially when you come from an authentic place. I call it uh, sustainable, too, because you have the energy to do it. You have the energy. Yeah. It's actually who you are. Because you are speaking from a truthful place, you attract those who are interested in that same truth. I mean, it is like a beacon that also has fireworks and maybe a cool song playing in the background. Like, it's it's very, very clear. Um, right. And that's how it works, at least for me. That's why I do it so loudly in my mm-hmm. own business, because it's... When I worked, I worked in the corporate environment for six months mm-hmm. and walked away because in my experience, it was very um, personality less. And I, I can't, I don't function in that. I function where people are people and we're allowed to have feelings and human experiences. Like that's where I thrive. Yeah. And not having that and being treated like I had seven heads growing out of my armpits every day. I'm like, Oh, well, this is not for me. I'm going to figure this out. And so the more I was left alone to my own devices, the more myself I became. And then it was like, Oh, well, this is just, I can't, I can't go back. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's definitely an evolution and it's something that I've, I've talked about quite a bit recently, I feel like, which is just, um, what do you want to do? Where are you going? This evolution from moving from a corporate world. Now, I spent 12 years in corporate marketing, which is so much different than the marketing I'm doing for myself. Like, because you kind of strip out all of that personality it's it's always about like this this collective organization and you just it's such an evolution as you leave 
because you kind of grow into into that when you say like you know the the more I was left to my own devices like the more the more yourself you became I feel like that's I feel like that's true like it and it's a process though yeah. and especially if you're moving out of that very corporate environment where you've spent a lot of time and you've been trained um you have to you have to learn how to like relax and be yourself Yep. And it doesn't happen as quickly as I thought it would. I was oh, like, God, I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna leave, and like day one, I'm gonna be like, bra off, sweatpants on. And <laughs> yeah, but even not, that is not like how it I can comfortably end an email without saying best. Like, there's so many little signifiers of the corporate environment that when I find myself getting, and for me, it's jargon. Jargon yeah, is yeah. the doorway to corporate. I'm like, no, shut up. How can we word this in a different way that a human being would understand? And that's where I go. That's where I go. Totally. I um, I was having a conversation. I asked a friend of mine uh, if she would have time to kind of like give me some feedback on this new like program I'm putting together because she's kind of in like my my target audience and. You know, like I'm trying to be respectful of the fact that like I'm asking her to take time out. She still works in corporate marketing. And I was like, hey, do you have time to meet with me like 30 to 60 minutes and give me some feedback? And so she's like, yep, here's my schedule. And I was like, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And she was like, what? She was like, you're so formal still. She was like, and I was like, well, okay, in this instance, it generally is like the sincerest sentiment. Like, I do appreciate you taking time to like talk to me about this. Mm -hmm. I get that like your schedule is super busy. I remember what it was like being in an office. Like somebody always needs a piece of your time. And so the fact that like, you're willing to give me an hour of your week. Like I do genu genuinely appreciate that. But I get, I was like, oh, I see how corporate speak yep. it sounds. Um, where, because I just, I'm like, well, I just want to make sure you know that I appreciate your time. But I was like, the difference here is that now when I say it, I probably it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I probably didn't before. Now that I am in a place where I have employees and I am thinking about company culture, it's very important to me that I build my business around empathy. Yeah. And like genuine feelings, even yeah. when they're not good. Um, my junior designer is sick and she's going through, I mean, nothing serious, not COVID, nothing, sure, sure. nothing serious, but you know, a couple of weeks late. Uh, we're a little behind on stuff. And I remember my own boss in corporate not giving me time off for a really bad female infection that I had. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I had the PTO, had the time off, but not every manager is cool. And so I have that in my mind. That's not right. who I want to be. That's not what my business is about. It's not my, that's not for me. It's not for my clients. And it's not going to be like that for my employees. Right. Not. Like right. Instagram on Hootsuite is not going to be the end of this. I'm not doing that. 
<laughs> and that's that's the truth. And so when she, you know, she's working now and she's starting to feel better, and she's like, "Thank you so much for your empathy and your support, because you are a person. I am a person. Mm-hmm. None of this has to happen. This is all working because of a dream." Like, I'm very aware of that. Yeah. And yeah. corporate mindset is let's delete that and just have expectations on people. And it's right. like. I don't think that's the best way to do it, everyone. I just don't think so. Totally, totally. And it's it's that authenticity, right? Like yep. it it just it extends into every it becomes like the measuring stick by which well, you make integrity. every decision. Yeah. Integrity is another word for authenticity that I don't think we are uh buzzwording as hard as authenticity is. Yeah. But it's the truth. You know, yeah. it's and so that's why I'd be like, well, how can I be authentic? What do you feel in this moment? What is that natural response that you'd like to take? Act on that, please. Mm-hmm. Accept it, please. Yeah. I love the I, I love tying the integrity to it though, because a lot of times, like it is just doing the right thing by someone. Like, like you said, treating them like a human and treating treating yourself like a human. Yeah. There are days when I just don't get shit done. I don't. Like, we have but a little you do, baby. Because the thing you're getting done is writing yourself. Yes. yes. And so, and it's such a change to yeah. like think that way and to and be like, that's I'm the going corporate to mindset get- too. Yeah. That is the corporate mindset too that you don't get shit done unless you can cross it off your to do list. Or circle back and close the loop with your coworker, or whatever the task at hand is. But mm-hmm. sometimes the task is be in bed and watch Bake Off rerun. Yeah. Like sometimes that's the thing you have to do, and like then it. you can write your blog post later. Mm-hmm. There's so much more time and taking care of yourself and resituating that. It's going to be a lot more effective. For you as a business owner. Definitely. Definitely. And it's when I worked in the corporate world, I, I fortunately like had a boss who was, who was pretty good about kind of allowing us to have me to have that space. And I was able to like extend that to my employees, but it is still like, it is still something that you have to kind of like work through and and work away from because even though I was like, okay, yeah, I can be super chill about like, Hey, you need to go to a doctor's appointment at the last minute. Absolutely. Like go take care of yourself. I, I don't need you to worry about it. Like we will figure out next steps when you get back, like just go and and don't worry, don't stress. But like this fear of like having to keep yourself busy all the time. And if I'm not creating some sort of like physical, tangible output, then I'm not being productive is like such a big mind shift than when I was in the corporate environment. Yeah. Because now I'm like, like you said, I know if I'm if I'm taking two hours, if I'm like, I cannot concentrate and I have to like clean my house and I have to do just because nobody is at home and I can get it all done. But that like serves me because then I come back and I am focused and I can be like, oh, okay, now I can get this like podcast put together or I can get these interview questions like pulled pulled together and sent off. Whereas if I just try to force myself to sit there and be productive. 
You're not. And then you're being mean (laughs) (laughs) to yourself. Totally. What I started to do was cycle through my to-do list because sometimes just because I have it first doesn't mean that that's what my brain wants to work on. And it's a surprise to me. So I give it the opportunity. Um, And then I'm like 15 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes. And if I can't get into it, if I'm not situated and in a flow state, okay, next thing, next thing. And after like five things, I'm like, guess what we're doing? Going on a walk. Guess what we're doing? (laughs) Going to bed. So I treat myself like an employee. Mm-hmm. And I am the executive director of this Jenny and we figure it out as we go. Um, but in that way, I am way more efficient. And I have found that allowing myself to rest and detach from my hectic to-do list allows me to sometimes handle it in bed. Mm-hmm. I've written like really great proposals for $20,000 projects in bed on my notes app. Right, right. <laughs> and so if I was forcing myself to sit at the computer, yeah. the energy wouldn't be right. The words wouldn't be right. Okay, whatever. Do it from then. We have the technology now. Right. And nobody's the wiser. I mean, you probably didn't. Maybe you did. Maybe you were like, I wrote this in bed, client. No. But you so, probably didn't. You're probably like, here's this amazing copy I wrote. How do you feel about it? Like, do you like it? What do you What do you want to see? Let's have a conversation about it. It's It's a nice feeling. And it feels like, it's weird because it feels like you're not working, but clearly you are. <laughs> But because there is just this relaxed, more accepting atmosphere, things come easier. And days are just like that. But the work still gets done. Totally. Oh, man. Are we going to lose it? Are we going to lose it? You would think that having just woken up from a nap, we might not be tired. <laughs> oh, no, it's very disorienting. I live that life. <laughs> I just have the words and the cognizance to communicate it, and your baby does not. <laughs> Go back to sleep. So I feel every morning when I wake up. Every morning. Yes. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I feel like... We have co- we've covered so much ground from uh, my son's future to, <laughs> you know, even just how you handle your business, the literal business of your business by being like genuine and showing up in a way that feels really good to you. So if someone is looking to connect with you, like where do they find you? Puree Fantastico. I love how'd you come up with that name? Oh my god, it's like the best story. Okay, so it's 2007 and I had graduated from work and was flying home. I was graduated from art school, working at this corporate environment, um, sitting in JFK airport looking at print magazine. You know, I'm like dating myself because they don't have it anymore. But my work was in there. And I was like, my work oh my in this magazine. Like yeah. in my bananas. And I'm like, how can I possibly tell somebody all of the things that I can do? Because, like, I'm a brander, I'm a strategist, I'm a copywriter, I'm illustrator, all of the things. And my brain goes, puree fantastico. (laughs) 
like, that's not a thing you say. Like, what is that? Right. And so I, I looked up, um, I'm like, well, maybe this is like a thing I heard, like a Lady Gaga song. Like, maybe sure, this is sure. a thing. Nothing. It was like, nothing. And so then I bought the domain name. I love I bought, it. And I signed up for Etsy. And I'm like, all right, whatever this is, I'm going to do this. And so that's what my business is. Yeah. I. That's so fantastic. And is your, so your, your tagline that you've got on the top of your website is, um, I forget the beginning, sorry, but it's. Take your uh, business from mundane to mundane. (laughs) And I read it exactly like that. I was like, how does it start? I know the like mundane to mundane. And is that new? Is that part of your rebrand that you just did? Or has that always been That's kind of big? there. So my husband is my business partner. He's my uh, chief operations officer. And he came up with this tagline maybe like last year or a year and a half ago. And I'm like, that, I can't. I got that. That is for me. That is for me. That is for us. That is for right now. Yeah. And I'm at a place where I love it so much and everyone loves it. I'm like, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's so fantastic. It. I was like, this I knew exactly, I mean, we've had like a short conversation, but I was like, I know exactly how this conversation is going to go just from, you know, just from the work of it to the way it was stylized. It's like these like rainbow glittery, happy colors that move across it. And I was like, yes, I'm so excited. So I, okay. So Puree Fantastico, that's where everyone can follow. Instagram at Puree Fantastico. Facebook at Puree Fantastico, um, and I am on Pinterest. I have, like, so many Pinterests. Puree Fantastico is that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to follow you. I Pinterest is my jam, and I like finding good design. So thank you. Thank you for your time and all of your wisdom and ideas today. I genuinely appreciate it, and I had a ton of fun. Thank you. Thank you me, too. Have a great day. I love me a good design and brand strategy conversation, and you know that. So if you enjoyed it too, connect with Jenny via the links in the show notes. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others like you find this podcast.